welcome or welcome back. Quick question for you. How would you rate your negotiation skills in business? Let me tell you, in business, negotiation is possibly one of the most important skill to have and to master after sales, of course. But when it comes to the creator economy, this is possibly one of the most underused skills you can have. Let me explain. Negotiate lands brand partnership. Today, I want you to get ready to dive into a conversation with Cara Conway, a business lawyer with over three decades of experience shaping the path of small to medium-sized businesses. But hold on, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Cara is also a former adjunct college professor who shared her wisdom in business ethics, business communication, and entrepreneurship classes. Me and Cara connected over on Instagram, and what really caught my attention was her perspective in contracts for influence marketing and the creator economy in general. As a former influencer marketing manager in my corporate days, I do love a good negotiation strategy when I see one, which is why I thought that just for you as a business owner, content creator, or consultant looking to increase your revenue streams and possibly learn how to pitch, negotiate, and land new brand partnership on social media, this could be a very interesting conversation to tune in and listen to. Cara is also the founder of the dynamic membership community known as the Business Network Hub. She's all about helping women growing opportunity and making savvy business decisions. And trust me, her insights are pure gold. Now I want you to focus for the next 20 minutes and really listen to each and every piece of value she is about to share. Now, enough chatting, Joseph. Let's get to the episode. Welcome to the Digital Bosses Podcast with Joseph and Claire. Our definition of being your own boss means showing up for yourself so you can show up for everyone and everything personally and professionally. So congratulations on showing up, boss. We created the Digital Bosses Podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you start, grow, and build a purposeful online business. If you are a business owner, creator, looking to build an impactful brand, that makes a difference, you are in the right place. So let's dive in. Kara is in the house. How are you today? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. And thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. You are most welcome. And it's really interesting how we started following each other. And today we're talking about creator economy. And creator economy is that one video that I discover you for. I want to give a little backup stories. So I love when I have lawyers or people in the legal department that talk about creator economy because it's always an interesting intake. And that's how I found Kara. She shares some interesting insights and perspective on her page on how to preserve your image when it comes to sponsorship, brand deals, and this is what we are talking about today. And that's how I discover you. And it was amazing because then we started talking on DMs. And, you know, I am someone who always leveraged connection. And that's how we got connected. But I would love you to share. You have such an interesting story. You did so many pivots. And I would love you to start sharing who you are, who you are, how did you get to where you are today? Well, I think I'm still pivoting. I just realized that over the weekend, listening to one of your podcasts and, and some other research I was doing. But um, so my background is as a lawyer, a business lawyer, and I've been in practice for over 30 years. 
and I always thought I wanted to be a lawyer. That was kind of what I was just grew up at thinking I needed to do. So I did it. And then about 25 years into my, or 20 years into my practice, maybe 25, I started to realize that I wanted to teach. So um, about mm, seven or eight years ago, I decided that I was going to um, scale back my legal practice because I'd worked with everything from national banks. It was very business related and a lot of worked with a lot of small businesses and a lot of finance issues and real estate and things like that and business owners and their sort of everyday problems and also their business succession planning, like if they were going to be selling their business or whatever, gearing up for all that. So mm. a lot of, a lot of contracts, a lot of negotiating, a lot of work in that area. And, but I wanted to teach. So I scaled back my practice quite a bit and um, started teaching business classes at a local college. And I taught business ethics and business communications and entrepreneurship. So three different courses over about almost five years. And then right before the pandemic, I stopped teaching, but I was starting to get into social media there about five, almost five years ago and started this thing called Dog Like Me because I thought it would be really fun to, to feature the bond between people and their dogs. So I started gathering stories from people all over the world and started publishing them. And then I started my dog's account. And on Dog Like Me, I was sharing a lot of educational stuff because people were always asking me questions about how to grow their brand, what, you know, and without even knowing I was a lawyer. And I started doing a lot of educational right. content on Dog Like Me. And then I realized, I, you know, I was like telling people how to focus the algorithm on what their brand, what their niche was. And I realized that I was breaking all of the rules because Dog Like Me was about people, dogs, every kind of dog, people all over the world, rescue dog service dogs senior dogs, you name it. And then I was throwing in all this educational content and it was just too murky. So I decided to start my own brand at Caracom I Love and really share my business, legal, and social media experience with people who wanted to grow their brands, keep their business on solid footing, learn how to start a business, all those things that I'd been doing my whole career. And that's where we are now. I love that. And you know what is really interesting with you? First of all, I love the pivot from the dog brand to your own personal brand, if you will. And that's interesting to me because there is such a mindset roadblock on where you start and where you can go. And I always talk about this with my clients and with my community. I say, you know, try to look at the bigger picture because that's a very big skill for an entrepreneur, being able to understand the bigger picture and see where your skills can take you. And I love how you shared yours and, you know, you had such an amazing path in your career. But what I love about your page is how you are able to make the content about legal, which can be a bit boring sometimes and a bit overwhelming. Oh, yeah. In well, such... Why is it boring? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm Did I want to say it, but... <laughs> I mean, I've been reading mortgages for 30 years. Like, that's really boring. I get it. Reading contracts, leases, like, shoot me. It's very difficult to do that, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to be more interacting with people. And I started teaching and I was like, I love this. So it was fun. Exactly. And you do it in such a snackable way. I always talk about this in the Digital Bosses podcast, how the skill of making something that is a lot to digest into a snackable piece of content. It's remarkable. And you do it so well. Now, I want you to dive into the creator economy, right? So influencer marketing, partnership with brands, and 
How does that look like? And I would love to ask you, what pivotal role does legal expertise play in a successful brand collaboration? I think this is something that a lot of creators and a lot of business owners, if you will, don't really know how to leverage. They often give away too much of their personal brand and their personal image, if you will. So I would love you to contextualize this and dive into this a little bit more. Right. I, I think one of the things that people, especially new creators or creators who haven't even, I get a lot of questions from creators who have two and 300,000 followers and they're negotiating with brands, but they still aren't understand. They're not treating their brand or business like a business and they don't exactly know mm. how, where to draw the line. They're afraid to offend a brand. They don't want to turn them off. They don't want to um, be like not not cooperative. And I, I think that it's really a mindset shift for them to realize that, hey, I am a business. I do have inf- my influences worth a lot. And I have worked really hard to, to grow my following, to grow my brand. I am a brand in a business. So it's that, that mindset shift is really a challenge for some people. But I think once they're there, or if I find with millennials, they start out like that. So they start out as a business. And, but whereas people in my generation, they're kind of like, they just started it for fun. And a lot of people, Mm. especially in the dog industry, but even people who, even um, creators who, for example, they just love to cook. So they start sharing recipes and they start, you know, come along and shopping with me. And then all of a sudden they have you know, 40 or 50,000 followers and they realize they can monetize it. Even you could do that with a thousand followers, but they don't know how yeah. to turn it into a business and act like a business. Um, so one of the things I like to, to encourage people to do is to start, you know, treating it like a business, be, be persistent, be when you're pitching brands, be professional. I, I was listening to a podcast the other day and, and a very well-known um, Instagram expert said, don't worry about the typos. Just get it out there. And I, it's just not my advice. I completely disagree with that. If you're going to send somebody an email and it's got typos in it, or you have, you know, hey, and not using their first name, or, you know, I mean, it's so easy to avoid that. Like download Grammarly, use it. I use it all the time and I'm a really good writer, but I find grammatical mistakes in everything I do. So being professional is really treating yourself like a business and putting your best foot forward, I think is really important for people. And that's basic. That's not legal. That's just basic business skills. As a business, do you really need a multi-channel brand? This is one of the most burning questions in my DMs and from my coaching clients. And I have to say the answer is yes. In this day and age, having a multi-channel brand is a superpower. However, when you don't have a team or you are working with very limited hours, this can turn into a huge time-consuming task, which is why as a solopreneur, business owner, or marketer, you always have to make sure you're replacing stress with strategy. That's where Metricool can help you. Metricool is an incredible social media scheduling tool where metrics meet productivity. It connects all your platforms, including Google Business, and your website under one roof? And the answer is yes, even your Google Ads and Facebook Ads. And it has incredible features such as the AutoList, which is your sales content and evergreen tool that allows you to never miss one content again, and the Auto Resize Magic, which is one of my favorite when you want to automatically resize your content for each platform without any weird pixel mishap. 
We've been using Metrical in my agency, which has a team of four, and we increased productivity by 40% just by using this very simple tool. And guess what? There is a free trial for you for 30 days to experience the premium plan just using the code BOSS at www.metrical.com with the code BOSS. That's www.metrical.com with the code BOSS. Metrical, where multi-channel success meets simplicity. If you are selling and positioning yourself as an expert in a service, whether it is a sponsorship content, whether it is your service that you sell yourself, the results and the way you put out your own content says a lot about your service. So I always say, make sure that we are not talking about perfectionism, but we're talking about professionalism. I think that's a... Right. Yeah, definitely a difference. Yeah, exactly. I love what you shared about treating your page like a business. That's something that I mentioned some time ago, even to my community. I come from a position where I was an influencer marketing manager. So my job was to dealing with the contracts of the other side. So I was negotiating the campaign and it was really about picking and recruiting the right influencer for the right campaign for our company it was in-house. I was an in-house influencer marketing manager. So I wasn't working for an agency. It was more for one brand. And, you know, the most successful partnership where with the creators that were treating themselves like a business. And the example I would like to bring to the table is to think about your page like it's a magazine, right? Influencer marketing is just an avenue of marketing. Your page is the magazine and the sponsor that you are negotiating with the brand is the placement. So a few years ago, you will take that and you will go to a magazine and say, I would like you to put this particular page about my product in the magazine, and this will be there for a set amount of time. Now with social media marketing, this has been translated into the power of doing it in on Instagram or YouTube. Your content is a placement. And one of the biggest mistakes that I see creators do is that they are so focused on the one post instead of thinking, wait a minute, let's create a campaign. And let me tell you something I did when I started working on Instagram, that was one of my first revenue stream. I was doing sponsorship with brands because I started and I said, if I put time in here and I invest energy and time into this, it has to generate revenue or it has to make an impact somehow. And I want to encourage the listener to do that because that's you are a business. What you share is a trade of time that you decided to invest. So you need to get something out of it, whether it is a community, whether it is a monetization, you name it. Now, I want to ask you, what is the biggest mistake that you see when it comes to sponsorship of creators versus brand? Bring me an example. Like, so on your experience, I know you help a lot of businesses. What was a partnership that you see and that was not negotiated properly and then the creator got into some sort of a challenge to deal with? Yeah, I see this a lot and I actually post things about um, how, what to do when, well, for one problem I see a lot of is brands improperly using creators' content without their permission, but that's another, that's mm. another story. But one of the things I see a lot of is creators, even sophisticated creators who, who are treating it like a business and doing a lot of brand deals, not reading the fine print and not understanding what they have agreed to. And, and literally, I, I have a client, a client who 
did a brand deal with a national hotel chain, a big chain we've all heard of. And, you know, in exchange for several nights free stay at a hotel or maybe a week, whatever it was, right. it, was a, it was a good brand deal. She was very happy with it. And then a couple weeks later found her, her images in paid advertising that the brand was using on Instagram and Facebook. And she did not, wasn't aware that she had agreed to that. Um, didn't even know that that was something that could happen. Like what it wasn't even like on her radar. So the, the usage rights that, that I see creators giving up and not asking brands for clarity about, um, really asking, you know, say, where are you mm. going to use my images? How are you going to use them? Are you going to put them on packaging? Are you going to put them on paid advertising? Are they going to be on your website or is it just for organic use? And if, and, and for how long? So if it's perpetual worldwide, you know, license to use your product, that means you could end up on a billboard, which also happens. And that could be six months or a year from now. So not Absolutely. asking questions and, and, and being afraid to offend a brand or lose a brand deal over something you didn't get paid for. You're, you haven't lost anything. You're not getting paid for it because they're using your content without you even knowing it. I love that you touch into this, and I believe there is a lot of imposter syndrome when it comes to pitching brands. People feel that the brand is sort of making them a favor to choose them, and I think that's a huge mistake because at the end of the day, strictly speaking, is that people don't hire you as a content creator because they love you. They hire you because they want to talk to your audience and you need to be able to value that the right way. And if you don't do that, they won't be doing it for you. Because at the end of the day, it has to be a trading of value and expertise from both sides. So if you are being, if you have been working with a brand and you negotiated a contract for a campaign, there has to be a length specific of that campaign. You have to have on a contract that you're going to be working for a certain amount of months. For example, I work with brands and we negotiate sponsorship and the way they can work with me is we have different placements. So in base, based on the amount of placements that you want to work with, so if you want to do Instagram Reels or a post or a carousel or Instagram Stories, there's going to be a fee based on that. But what I specify on my package is that there is a set amount of weeks that you are going to be able to use this for. So at the end of those weeks, exactly. Yeah. And it's very important because you have to say, okay, great. So we're going to be working together for a year, which means, okay, great. So I am able to use this content from my side for a year and you as a brand can do the same after that year. However, this has to change. And if you have to use it, we have to negotiate what is called a residual. So if you decide that you're going to use it even further, but we are not actively on a sponsorship deal anymore, I need to get a percentage of the revenue and we need to negotiate that. Now, we're going to legal very specifically here, but it's just an example because you have to really preserve your image as a brand because that impacts your reputation. and. As we always say, it takes five minutes to ruin a reputation and 10 years to build it. So you want to make sure that you do it the right way. I'm going to bring an example on the table, which I think is really useful. So as a skincare brand, when I was working in corporate, we will have a sponsorship with a specific creator. The way this will work, we will have 
what is called a launch campaign group. So we will pick set amount of creators, it will be six or eight. And the way this will work is that we will pick them based on size. So we will use the bigger one for awareness and the smaller one for conversion. So every single creator will have a business goal. And of course, the bigger one will have the biggest amount of audience. And the way this will work is that we will have an exclusive contract. So for example, if you are a skincare brand and you're natural and you're main USB is vitamin C, let's say, that person couldn't work with other companies that were similar to us or our competitors. There is the exclusivity point that it's something that is so underestimated as well. I don't know if you agree. I totally agree. Exclusivity is something that, um, I mean, people, it's so commonly, um, I think the, the, the importance of it is really under, cannot be overstated because if a brand is asking you for exclusivity and you don't put a time frame on that, you really are putting yourself out of work. And it's mm. in fairness to brands. I mean, you can't do a brand deal with Coca-Cola and then three days later show up with a diet Pepsi on your portfolio or on your, on any of your, any of your media. And even inadvertently, like you, even if it wasn't a paid sponsorship, influencers should know better, but they couldn't do another brand deal with Pepsi if they've just done one with Coca-Cola and it's brands are really need to have exclusivity, especially with high profile influencers, because it's just, it it undermines the whole credibility of a campaign. I agree. And you see this a lot of times where you have bigger creators that get hired by a brand and then there is something happening in the press and they just completely lose their credibility because they're working with too many similar companies between one another. And therefore, one of the biggest things that you are exchanging there is in, in, with money is your trust. And that's it's just invaluable. When you lose your trust, you lose sales and you lose impact and you lose momentum as a, as a brand. So we are talking about this in different type of scale, right? So we are talking for bigger creators. But if you're someone out there that is a smaller creator and you're looking to work with brands and you're looking to create a new revenue stream in your business through sponsorship, it is super possible. I always mention that because small following often equals big money because one of the value and the quality of the page for someone who is smaller is the engagement. So if you have a very good engagement, that's what you have to pitch to the brand, you know, community and having that network of people that are investing in your opinion, that's influential of its own. And that's what influence means, is being able to really give an impact of behavior based on your recommendation. And that is irrelevant whether you are on 1 million or 5,000, it doesn't matter. If you have influence with your engagement, that's what it is. Now, I want to, but first of all, I would love you to share how can people work with you as well? Like, what are your services? What do you offer so that anyone listening can take this conversation further? Well, okay. So I, I work with some creators one-on-one. Um, I have some co- private coaching packages or multiple packs. Um, I also have a membership where I have creators in a bunch of different industries, some in the dog influence industry, some are authors, some are professionals, some are um, uh, in the home influence industry, you know, lifestyle industry. Um, 
so many different things. And we have three monthly meetings in the membership where they can come as they're available and they're recorded. So I've got this big bank of sort of great instructional stuff about business, legal, and social media topics, everything from starting a podcast to what to, you know, how to establish a legal entity for your business, what type of entity is right for you. And then a lot of social media content as well as, you know, how do you grow on TikTok when Instagram really is your jam, but you, you know, you want to be on other platforms, what should you do? So everything from that or, you know, Canva workshops, things like that, because I'm kind of addicted with Canva to Canva, but I not in a that. bad way, but I just, I really like it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so, and then I also have contact contract templates that I just launched a few months ago because I realized that, you know, I, 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 one of the reasons why I started my own brand was because I felt like I was wasting my legal experience that I'd been working with so many businesses for so many years. And now I have this social media expertise after almost five years of, you know, research and then actually being on so actively on social that I wanted to develop um, my own contracts that I could sell. Um, and there's, they come with some, some great instructions and they're very DIY sort of easy to not grab and go, but for, for small businesses and influencers to really implement these to, to, to customize for their own business without spending, you know, thousands of dollars on lawyers. Um, and I always recommend that they do see a local lawyer in their area in case they have you know, local laws that might change things. So they're not sort of complex agreements. Like I've had some people say, can you do a template for a joint venture? I'm, I'm selling part of my business to this person. And I have said no, because I will not do a legal agreement that is that is not a, a DIY agreement. Sure. And you need separate representation and you need to know it's just more complex and I don't feel comfortable and, you know, some lawyers do that and that's fine if, if that works for them and they're comfortable with their agreements, but that's not my style. So I don't, I just don't do that. But so the membership, the templates, I also have some courses on social media that I've launched um, and I'm going to have some more things coming up in the fall. That's amazing. And I will link each and everything when it comes to your services on the description. I want to just mention about your templates because you did send me a copy of them. We had a conversation last week prior to the recording and I absolutely love the way you structure them because they are incredibly easy to customize. And I started using them as well. When I work with brands, I send them my TNC, they send me their TNC and we mutually sign each other so that everything is covered. And I believe they're super easy and actionable. So if you listener are looking to get something that you can download and grab and go, if you will, that's definitely the one that yeah. you can benefit. From. I, I do want to say one thing, sure. Joe, is that if you, um, someone actually asked me a question about this recently and I did a reel on it, that what happens, you know, can you have two competing contracts like that? Can you have my terms and conditions and your terms and conditions? Or can right. you have my influencer agreement and your influencer agreement? And so I, I have some concern about that because what happened, the, the problem is what happens when those terms dis differ from each other. So if you were to try to enforce those terms and I'm, you know, not your lawyer, I'm not giving you legal advice, but as a lawyer, I can't help but point out those conflicts that might arise from something like that. If the agreements they're they're not going to mirror each other because then why do you need to? Yeah. So the question becomes which agreement prevails, which, which agreement really controls this, these two parties uh, obligations to each other. So which one is legally enforceable? So 
I would caution anybody to not like one of the templates I sell is an influencer contract because some influencers come to me and said, I don't like the ones that brands give me. And I'm like, good, use your own, get them to agree on your terms because you will get to know this template. You'll know what you're offering. You'll know what your deliverables are and you can control it. Now, many large brands won't agree to that, but at least if you have a template that you like and you can use that as a base to negotiate with. I love that. And I want to point out something that, for example, I had to change over the years when I work with brands and it was the revision part. Okay. So when you send a, just to give an example for anyone that is not experienced working with brands. So when you're working with brands, it is a service, right? So it's like you're having a specific client, you agree to certain deliveries, you send the content to the brand for approval, and then the brand will come back to you with some changes or they will say, we love it, we, you can publish it. When it comes to brand partnership, you can't really post anything that hasn't been approved by the brand because otherwise you are going against the contract. Usually everything has to be approved because it has to be in the right tone of voice for both of you. Another thing that I would say is that sometimes what happens is you have a lot of changes from the brand perspective. They're going to ask you to change 20 million things at the same time. They ask you for endless revision. So what I did throughout the years was to give a limit of two revision. So the brand has only two opportunities to review the content and to make changes. The third one, it will have to agree to a percentage of the price increase, which is usually a 20%. The reason why I did that is because you always have to think about what are you trading with the brand that you're working with. This applies to clients as well. So if you are a social media manager, that is the same thing. So if you are agreeing on two revisions, the third one will have to have a percentage increase on the price because you're trading time and time is money. Absolutely. And another thing, do you include a time frame within which they have to respond? So let's say, you know, is their approval deemed to be given if they don't respond within five business days or 10 business days so that you're not sitting out there waiting and also sitting out there waiting to get paid because you can't post the content until they approve it. Have you experienced that? Yes, I do usually agree on seven days turnover. So they need to give me an answer within seven days. I think for anyone listening, these are things that I will highly recommend you to take notes and probably listen to this part again, because it's very important to understand how to deal with it. And the time frame it's essential because what happens sometimes is that you are just one of the tasks of that brand and they forget it. So you have to follow up. I worked with content creators before that were spending a lot of time on creating YouTube videos and Twitch content, and then they will not follow up with the brands to get the approval. So you're waiting for the payment. And when you treat this as a business, you need to forecast your revenue for that month. So you need to know that this month you're going to get this amount of money. So for example, what I like to do when I work with brands is to agree on the payment timeframe. So for example, if we are negotiating a loan partnership, let's say three to six months, we are agreeing on how many pieces of content I will provide to you monthly until the end of the partnership. So once that is approved, I send them an invoice and then we move on. There's never really a payment altogether. It's, it happens sometimes, but I actually do prefer them to 
pay me based on the monthly because it will give right, you those incremental payments. Exactly. And you it makes you, you count on it. Exactly. But it also makes you more professional. And there's a very strong chance people will work with you again because they don't see you as a person that's going to come in, grab the money and leave, but more as someone who is invested in the project and is willing to make it work. And because influencer marketing has such a stigma, when people work the right way, the rewarding side is remarkable. There has to be a specific way of working. So I always recommend, which goes back to square one, is determine how you work with brands. It's very important. You have to be professional and that shows professionalism as well. Something, I'm going to give a little insights of how it's working with me with brands, for example. So when I get approached by a brand, which by the way, I usually approach brand first. That's a big difference. Don't wait for people to come to you. Go to the person you want to work with when it comes to a brand and go there and say, by the way, I have an idea for a potential campaign. Would you like to discuss this further? Connect with them on a call and try to see where they are with their influencer marketing budget, where they are with their influencer marketing campaign, and whether your idea can be a good fit. That's how you negotiate brand deals professionally. And then what happens is I usually share my pricing and etc. But I also share the feedback of every single brand I work with. I always ask for a feedback. You have to do this because you have to treat them like a client. If you are a coach or a social media manager, you will do the same for those type of clients. So you have to treat them the same way with a little difference that usually brand partnership are way more manageable than social media clients can be because it's, you know, it's a negotiation of a specific amount of placements that you decide and then you deliver. So another point I want to share, it's the importance of making sure you keep a very good communication with the decision-making person on the other side. So for example, I did a partnership in Turkey where I decided to do a smile confidence campaign and I needed some treatment done on my mouth in terms of my teeth. And we decided to do a partnership together because it was a very good fit for my content pillars because I often talk about camera confidence and the way this worked out is because a lot of people don't show up on camera because they're so scared of their teeth and they're so so subconscious about it. So we decided to create a campaign around that and it had an incredible success, not only in terms of awareness, but also in terms of conversion. And the reason why this worked, it's because it was very true to me and very, Authentic. exactly. Yeah. And transparency is super and important. it fit with your niche. Exactly. So something you were already talking and teaching about and sharing about. So it, it, it was, a, that's the type of brand and you did that you that that's the epitome of aligning your content with the brand you're pitching. Like that makes so much sense. Now, I would love to you to share a little starter pack for someone who is looking to work with brands more consistently, pitching brands and negotiating contract the right way. Maybe a three step or four steps. Okay. Great. Um I, I think that there's a lot of opportunities even for small influencers and that, that they can and will be successful if they really take the risk, get, you know, it's not never a perfect time. You're never going to be big enough or your engagement rates never going to be high enough for what, you know, you think they'd want. And that's just simply not true. So they are working. They are brands are recognizing the value of even micro influencers or nano influencers because of their ability to influence their audience. So for newcomers, I think it's a great idea to 
even if you don't have any official brand deals yet, you can still use sort of your own create content that you've created to put together a package that looks like, you know, your own UGC package where you're showing yourselves. Um, you can start local, work with some local brands, even if you're working for free product, that's still something that, that is a brand deal, even if it's for a free product and you can ask for testimonials for that. Um, make sure even if it's a free product from a legal perspective, you still, and I see this every single day and it makes me crazy, you still have to disclose under the FTC that it's a paid partnership or hashtag paid or hashtag free product or whatever. You know, there's very specific rules. And so creators, even small ones, can have your media kit ready where you, you can present yourself that you look professional. Don't have an email address that looks like you know, you're, you're an internet porn star, you have to have a legit email address, even simple things like that, that <laughs> I used to teach this when I taught college classes, like don't send your resume to a company that's your dream company with some, you know, ridiculous email address. Like get, you got to get past your high school days. So the same thing applies for influencers um, and have a spreadsheet where you are going to be really meticulous about, especially if you're not like type A like me, but have a spreadsheet that has all of your deliverables, all of your dates, whether you need approval, a box where you're going to check, did I get a testimonial? So all that stuff so that you are ready to go when you get that brand deal and start building content. Even like some of the content on my, my brand is not paid sponsorships. They were not paid partnerships. They're just me out with local in local businesses, even some national local businesses, but you see me, you see what I'm, it, it's showing the brand what you're capable of doing, even if it's not a real sponsored anything, even if it's not free product. You can record those types of reels and, and photos and videos for YouTube or whatever, Instagram, TikTok, that you then can showcase to a brand. So in terms of a starter pack, you've got to start somewhere. So don't be afraid to create that content. I agree. And I want to share an extra point, which can be an extra tip about the fact that you can create content around a company you would like to work with, but it's not a sponsor yet. And that's something I did in the past. I created a video for a brand that I didn't pitch before. But when I did, I sent them the insights of the content I created about them without the payment. Yeah, I love that. And yes, and I said, you know, I create, I talked to you, uh, my audience about you and this is the impact that we had. And I want you to pay attention to the keywords that we're using. We're not using results. We're using impact. You are contributing to the sales of the brand. You're not responsible for it. That's a very big difference with influencer marketing. And influencer marketing is not affiliate marketing. They're two different things. And I cannot stress this enough. When it comes to influencer marketing and affiliate marketing, there is a lot of confusion between the two. You can have an affiliate link, but the sponsor content, you should get paid for, this, for the content that you're sharing with a sponsor. And that's a different type of partnership. Maybe that's a different topic of conversation. We can come back together and talk about this, uh, Carrie, if you want. I think that would be amazing. So where can the audience find you? They can find me at Kara Conway Love on all socials and primarily on Instagram. I have a small TikTok and, and I have LinkedIn and I'm getting more active on LinkedIn because that's another thing that I think people can establish themselves as a creator on LinkedIn just because it adds legitimacy to their brand. So getting on all the socials that you're really interested in 
um, you know, the brand, if you do a brand deal, people are going to, they're going to go and look if they're, if you catch the ride, they're going to go look at your profiles. So your profile has to be ready to go. And if, if it's inconsistent with what the brand's doing, it's not going to help you, but I'm at Caracom. I love all over the place threads and, and everywhere else. So, and at caracomilove.com is my website. We're not at just Caracom Love. And by the way, Cara on Threads is awesome. So I will highly recommend you to follow her because she has incredible trips going on. It's awesome. So thank you, Cara, for your time. It has been a pleasure. I think you are amazing. You share so many incredible tips and I cannot wait to hear the audience response. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. All right, that is it for today. Now, that was a jam-packed episode full of value just for you. But let me tell you a secret. The best conversations actually happen after the show over at the Digital Bosses page on Instagram. You're more than welcome to join the tribe there. We have incredible conversations and it's full of action taker business owners just like you. So we cannot wait to see you there. Plus, if you are looking to support us and you would like to let us know what are your thoughts about today's show take a screenshot of the episode tag us on your instagram story and let us know your feedback we share each and every one of our listeners and we cannot wait to share yours too thank you so much for listening and i will see you with claire same time same place next week